I went to a concert uh, last weekend mm. um, and I saw Modest Mouse play. Oh, right, yes. Um, in Sydney at the Horden Pavilion. And I kind of realised that I was going with, like, a number of other men of my age, age. Yep. and one lady. Oh, right, yeah. Um, one of those guys is going to be a dad in, like, three weeks. And mm-hmm. I realised that at this stage of my life I am, like, doing dad concerts. So this is a thing that you said to me, like, you referred to this this concert as a dad concert, and I don't understand what you mean. So... I feel like live music shows, Mm. you have hot teen star concerts and like teeny bopper style things that are like big names that are hot right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you have this like middle tier where like that kind of stuff dies down a bit. Mm -hmm. And then you have the like first wave of nostalgia concerts. And I feel like that is dad concert where it's like they're new parents or they are a little bit older and they're like they're going to the band for the nostalgia of what mm-hmm. they remember from the hit songs. So it's people in their 30s going to the shows they went to or that, or that of they artists would. that they listened to when they were teenagers. Yes, and I'm going to like that. My new thing is calling that dad, dad concerts. Okay. So I haven't been to a gig in a really long time. I don't think I've gone to a gig since I became a parent Mm. almost five years ago. In my defense, it was COVID for a lot of that. So, you know, mine too. And like, that was, this was my first, other than going to like First and Forever for Mm. work last week, last Mm. year, the festival, like, this is my first concert since COVID. Actually, do you know what? The last concert I went to was the week. After I found out, or a couple of weeks after I found out I was pregnant with my first baby. Dad concert. I went to Drake. Uh, what? <laughs> what? With okay. My, my little brother. It was a great concert, but I felt really old. Right. Yeah. yeah like, dad concert. We. How old were you then? Uh, 29. Right. Um, just about to turn 30. So. But we sat in front of a group of girls who were there <laughs> with one of their mums and I was like, oh, I'm in a different phase You're of, in the different, of my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was fine but it was, it was a startling realisation. Mm. And then the next concert I'm going to is I have tickets to see um, Blink-182 when they come. Dad. That I know. Is dad I know. Concert I feel zone. like it's, it's even more dad concert when the band that you're seeing are old now. Like, yeah, well, yeah, they're they'll be nearly fifty. This then. was the thing about Modest Mouse as mm. well. Like, I think everyone went there expecting like three hit songs mm. and or like you know the the well known albums mm. to be played, like mm. with Float On and. I could not tell and you a Modest Mouse song if you... They played on the OC in the Bait Shack or whatever it was called. Oh, like they, perfor- like they, they were on, on the show. The OC, yeah. oh. Sing a Modest Mouse song. No, not on, uh, oh, okay, not, sure. not on the pod. Uh, but they played throughout their full set 
which was like a full set plus a five song encore. Mm-hmm. Two songs that I knew. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> and all experimental stuff off their new albums. Right. And okay. they just had a great time. It was like very enjoyable. Um, but I feel like most of the crowd was disappointed that they did not get the nostalgia hit yeah. of dopamine that they were looking for. I feel for. like know your audience, like know who's coming for why, right? No, fuck that. Artist, musician, do whatever the hell you no. want. It's your show. No. I mean, this maybe. Is, you're, doing, you're thinking publicity though. You're yeah, publicity, I am. Caitlin yeah. Brain. Yeah. Not, yeah. <laughs> not. But like I will be so pissed off if I have spent no money, the, the ticket was a gift, but if I um, go to Blink next year and they play like, I don't know, when, when did they last release music? Oh, they had a new song this year. That was actually quite a good song. But, like, if I'm not hearing, like, shit off Dude Ranch or Dumpweed, I'm going to be super annoyed. And I feel like Blink We'll storm that. the stage. I will storm the stage. But the thing about – so the Blink concert is <laughs> – Dad riot. Well, the weird thing – you have to talk to Roland, my partner, about this because – so we're going to Blink. We had to buy the tickets – Really early this year, they went on sale. It was such a 2003 moment because my mum bought the tickets for me and my brothers and our partners as a surprise. And my mum, like, rang me to be like, oh, I got you Blink tickets. And she was like, "It's I have not since the last time you went to Blink in 2004, I have not had to get on Ticketek and, like, wait and work out and buy tickets for my kids. Your mum's got her iPad, the computer, yes. the yeah, phone yeah. all set up. I'm logged in. I'm <laughs> ready, ready to go. All the, everything's going. Um so we had to buy them in like January, got the tickets, very exciting, everyone's stoked. Roland worked out that he will have turned 40 by the time we see them mm. and full existential crisis. Like he was like, I can't, like, can I go to a Blink show when I'm 40? And it's like, well, Blink will be like 50. Yeah, yeah. So it's fine. They are very cool about the fact they're old now and they're like living their best old lives. They're all dads. Like, and and then the next stage of concerts, like mm. we've 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 had the like John Farnham farewell tour that's been going on for nineteen years. Nineteen yeah. years. Elton John just retired, doing, dude. Yeah, yeah, I cannot wait for Blink One Eight Two to do their farewell oh tour. Oh my god! Like the like the seventy year old mm. Blink hundred percent. Yeah, that will be amazing. Like Iggy Pop did toured like just before COVID, and apparently that was like I dude saw still him- moved. I saw him probably 10 years ago when he did Big Day Out. Mm. I want to say like 2007 or 2006 or something. And like, yeah. I mean, I feel like Iggy has looked 98 for four decades. Mm. So it wasn't like it was this startling transformation. Yeah, he's well pickled. He's very well pickled. It's all that time not wearing a shirt. Should we sing the theme song? We should sing the theme song. As if we were Iggy Pop. Travis and Caitlin. Unstoppable. Let's go. Uh, So welcome back to our podcast, Unstoppable, with Caitlin and Travis. Travis and Caitlin. Uh, This is the show where we talk about various things and stuff and whatnot. And nothing. And Oils and unguents. Tinctures, if you will. Mm. <laughs> uh, so here's this thing. Hit me. Um, I have 
a really cool band that I wanted to talk to you about. Cool. Cool. This is not a music podcast. Not for anyone who's just tuning in on episode four, um, this is not a, we have no qualifications to be talking about music. This is not a music podcast. This will never happen I mean, again. To say we have no qualifications we to have talk no about formal qualifications. music, I have worked in the music industry. Yeah. But this is Travis DeVries of Stage and Screen. Uh, you have qualifications. I do not. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, like, we all... Yes. We worked at the <laughs> Opera House. <laughs> I've seen bands. I've um, been to band. So here's this thing is our segment on the show where we just can bring a thing and talk about it. Basically, mm-hmm. adult show and tell. Yes. I'm very into it. Love it. Yeah. I kicked it off last week or a few weeks ago, a few episodes ago with The Glass Delusion, which I feel was, like, a very cool session a very cool thing to bring and i feel like are you going to be able to back it up are Not you sure. do you feel like i am bringing the mood of the yes. segment down by down just bringing a band yeah i okay. bought you a well-documented psychiatric illness and you've bought a band cool i'm, I'm so glad Proved you're bringing wrong. that energy to this <laughs> to my turn uh so here's this thing mm-hmm. um i wanted to talk to you about this Really cool band called A Day Without Love. Mm-hmm. Um, so, A Day Without Love uh, is the vehicle for a guy named Brian Walker. Um, I first discovered them through COVID mm-hmm. um, on a playlist that I got really, really into um, that was all folk punk, which mm-hmm. I look, I is not am a thing. the first person to admit that. That is not necessarily a uh, positive appropriate genre. Oh, to be like, oh yeah, I found this folk punk. It's great. Yeah. like it's not a like. It doesn't have a great track record for. Um, I just can't high even quality ar- and imagine the merging of those genres. Like when I think folk, I think like cable knit sweaters mm-hmm. and like long hair. So like folk punk as a genre is like. I think based around like the DIY punk movement and like acoustic punk, but like Would, is it like punk bands that just randomly have like a fiddler? Yeah, like a fiddler and like um, a wash basin bass. Okay. Um, like so, I was into Yellow Card, like every sixteen-year-old girl in two thousand three. So I who's get the it. guy from Gardening Australia with the hair? Oh yeah, Chris. Chris, the Greek name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. Yeah. Should we, <laughs> should we fact check this? Should we should. <laughs> Costa Georgiatis. Who's the guy from Gardening Australia? Costa Georgiatis. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Magic of Off the Off the top of my head, yeah. Um, I feel like t- to describe folk punk to someone who doesn't know what folk punk is, mm. if Costa played music he would play folk punk it's crunchy yeah okay yeah yeah. Yeah, i get it yeah Yeah. uh anyway i would say like brian walker and a day without love is i guess folk punk adjacent i would say they're more like (laughs) he's more experimental folk yeah um and very diy um brian uh started a day without love in uh Early 2013, I believe, um, through his college years, mm-hmm. um, he is a black American man mm-hmm. um, from Philadelphia. 
uh, and he collaborated with the producer Jake Detweiler um, and created their first EP, Island. Uh, and it's I feel like it's a really interesting space for a black guy to be playing in because mm. it's not um, – like necessarily no. this his stereotypical music genre, mm. um, like it's aggressive, grungy, energetic, um, and like since that first EP and album, um, Brian has like brought a number of different people through a day without love into the fold. Mm-hmm. Um, he even did a song about like not being like stereotypical black music maker, mm-hmm. um, which I really resonated with um, mm-hmm. from. Black Australia yes. um, and doing this sort of stuff. Uh, so I wanted to talk to you like about a couple of different songs from um, the A Day Without Love uh, back catalogue or their new track, which um, I recently got a copy of. Oh, here <laughs> yeah. we go. Um, new album, actually, or EP. Mm-hmm. So it's a four-track EP called um, Tour Is Not A Road Trip. Um and I've been following Brian Walker on Instagram recently and really enjoying his content that he makes because he makes content where he's, like, really open about his mental health and that he's not necessarily making money in the music industry. And I feel like that as a statement is not necessarily, like, too far out there. Like, uh, most musicians and bands mm. talk about, like, how they the music industry sucks for... Mm actually making a living um but brian talks about sort of accepting that and uh leaning into it um and seeing a lot of his content where he's performing gigs in people's lounge rooms yeah um like i really enjoy the way he approaches that and uh i find it really cute um and really fun uh the track that i like first heard from um a day without love is called good friends are hard to find um and i think like one of the this was in the folk punk playlist that i was listening to and one of the kind of uh pillars of folk punk is either like anger at the system and society or like a nice wholesome camaraderie with the other people that are downtrodden mm-hmm. um and uh I really love the lyrics for the opening uh, verse and I wanted to share them with you and then I wanted to share some lyrics from his new song, Caffeine. Please. And we'll play these as well. Okay. Or like a little this has suddenly turned into a music and talk show. I love yeah. it. Um, the lyrics go, I think I struck gold. Yes, I'm mining. Some things are hard, hard to find. And I found something. We're on the same page, living a different story. You complete me. I'm no longer empty. The glass is full. Like a walk in the park We can do whatever we want Good friends are hard to find 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 Super cute. That is so cute. Um, and then Caffeine, which is a really enjoyable song, 
Um, and yeah, I ordered the, this is on his new EP, uh, A Tour Is Not A Road Trip. And mm-hmm. I ordered the um, vinyl record of it. Mm. Uh, and it came, uh, I picked it up on Sunday because I was away and got mm. delivered to my house and I got a Instagram DM from Brian. Wow. Uh, where he said, I, I sent it a couple of weeks ago. I think it's on its way. And then like a couple of hours later, I just got a notification that it's been delivered. <laughs> and I was like, I was away for the weekend. And so I like was there excited to get home and open it. Mm. Um, anyway, I opened this uh, vinyl record and it's in a white, totally uh, blank printed, no no printing on it. Mm. And then it has a piece of black sandpaper stuck on top with mm. a uh, the logo for the album spray painted onto it with a template and then handwritten notes on the back. That is so cool. It's really cool. Uh, and it is, I think there was only 20 printed and it was done with like not a regular vinyl pouring. Mm-hmm. So it was cut from a one sheet of plastic and uh, hand carved in with Jeez, with the machine. Um, but, yeah, it's, like, really nice, small, obviously super small print run mm. um, and bought it from Brian's band camp or a Day Without Love's band camp um, where you could pay what you want on top to help support. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, chucked a bunch extra in because I was very happy to support it. Um, but his new song, Caffeine, which I really love the lyrics to, goes, my eyes are jittery, I'm feeling misery, I'm not eating, I'm only shitting, my mouth is dry, I'm on, I'm on nine to five, gig to gig, I need it so. I'm not addicted, I drink it every day, just so I could pave my way, caffeine dreams, running on steam, I'm so thankful, where would I be with you? Where would I be with you? Car needs gasoline and I need caffeine. But there is a really great piece in the, like, end of the song where uh, it goes, like, kind of more heavy on the DIY punk. Mm. Um, And I don't have the name of the woman vocalist who sings on it, Um, but it's, like, they just start yelling out different coffee drinks (laughs) (laughs) Um, in a, like, call and response. And it's, like, red eye, espresso, nitro, mocha. Latte, chai, single, <laughs> double, triple, more, more, more. Um, and it's very fun and very exciting. I like it. Yeah. Brian um, himself is also, like, really prolific because um, he uh, started out 2013 with um, Islands EP um, and now this latest release of four tracks is, like, it, the 40-second singles mm. um, that he's been do- he's done. That's amazing. Um, so there's, like, 40... 40- yeah, 42 different releases on his band camp that you can kind of get into. Um, and I think, like, it's not the amount of sort of – it's probably – it's not easier to put stuff out DIY like this, but mm. 
without the like needing to polish things in the way that like big band studio albums do. Um, it's really nice to be able to hear like, I guess like a lot of stuff that wouldn't get put out if mm. he was a bigger, like yeah. huge signed artist. Mm. Um, and yeah, that's, here's this thing I would really like to one day uh, be able to like tour A Day Without Love out here and mm. see a show. Um, I think that would be really cool. I really like and respect anybody who's doing anything creative without the need to like industrialize it or monetize it. Like, would it be great if Brian could make a living wage of creating music in the way that he wants to? Sure. But I'm really, I think it's really cool when someone goes like, I'm not going to be able to pay my bills with this. I'm still going to have to have a nine to five job, but making music or making podcasts or doing pottery or whatever it is, is still important to me. And I'm still going to do it anyway because I need it. And like, I think that's cool because in today's society, we're like, we're just like, so the idea of the hustle and like monetizing everything and like out making money out of our hobbies and stuff is just like the norm. And I really like it when it's just like, no, I just, it's just cool. I just do it. Yeah. And I feel like Brian does it really well. Mm. And I, like, I don't know if it is his full-time job or not, but, like, I think the way he talks about it is really wholesome and, like, Mm. really, uh, like, the place it has in his identity as a person. Mm. It fits really well for him and I, like, really resonate with it. Mm. I feel like, like, my partner is a good example of this as well. Like rolls one triple J unearthed when mm. like I want to say two thousand six, but who friggin knows has been playing in the like local Sydney Australian music scene for over twenty years. Lots of different bands, records, plays gigs all the time, puts albums out every now and then. Like, but and. Probably if he had, like, worked harder and, like, made greater sacrifices and, you know, that sort of thing, he maybe would have made something more conventionally successful out of it, right? For sure. But for him it was always just, like, he was just a dude who liked playing guitar and singing. And, like, he's good at it and he tries. He puts effort in. He is he just well respected. Not to go but, like, it was always his side thing, you know. Like, and even now we have two little kids and – he still plays in a punk band and every couple of weekends he leaves me alone with the children, which is, you know, a joy. And he goes and plays in a dirty pub, you know, and, like, it's cool that he has that. What are you making that face for? When are the, Have the kids gone to a gig? Yes, one. Right. They've been to one. Okay, great. He played a um, – a friend of his was doing an album launch and they asked um, Rolls to open – their launch and it was like an afternoon at I don't know like Marrickville Bolo maybe at a Bolo um and so we went down with the kids because it was like an afternoon thing and Roland wasn't playing with his band he was just going to do solo stuff so it was more acoustic and oh my god like it was genuinely such a wholesome 
beautiful thing for the first like five minutes because the kids were just like, what is he? What's what's going on? Wait, why this is, is he out up there? Yeah, like, but then they couldn't understand why they couldn't also be on the stage for sure. So this is going to be the same problem that I will have when I see Roland play. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you will you will crawl onto the stage with him as well. Yeah, and so our youngest was really little; like he wouldn't have been two yet. He maybe was eighteen months old, and he just was an absolute nightmare. And I had to take him out because he just wanted to be up there playing. But then our um, eldest was very sweet, and she just sat on the edge of the stage and just like gazed at him adoringly and. It was um, it was a really magical moment from what I gather because I was outside with the screaming baby uh, who also wanted to be gazing adoringly but also playing with things. There's lots of switches and lights um, and buttons and stuff uh, yeah. in a live setup and that's is like Roland catnip for kids. Is Roland teaching the kids music? N- not at this stage. Okay. I mean he plays for them and with them but they're children and they don't have – the dexterity for that sort of thing. Isn't one of them five? Yeah, but, like, have you seen how big a five-year-old's hand is? It's very small. I feel like I start, that's when I started learning guitar. Mm, okay. If they showed Not well, him, but, like... Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, if she would, if they were interested, yeah, I'm sure he would, but, like, they have other interests. Oh, they've got other hobbies. Hey, Caitlin. Hey, Travis. <laughs> you should... I, you should probably want to act surprised because you don't know what's going on. Sure. And also ask me what the fuck am I doing. Okay. I would like to ask, what the fuck are you doing? Please. <laughs> release me. That's right, Caitlin. <laughs> it's a new segment. <laughs> Perfect pitch. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's right. This is the uh, that's the opening for our new segment. Mm. Mm. Do you want to hear about it? What it's did called, you say it was called? Please Release Me. Right, okay. Previously it was called Brandables, but I decided Please Release <laughs> Me was the way to go. <laughs> Brandables. Uh, it sounds like 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 a treat that mm. you would like a 90s kid would have had in their lunchbox. Yeah, munchables. Munchables, yeah. Yeah. Or snackables? Snackables. I think munchables mm. either. Was snackables was the uh, shenanigotables. Shenanigotables. Uh yeah, so this is uh Please Release Me, mm-hmm. formerly known as Brandables. Mm-hmm. Uh, a new se- segment for Caitlin and Travis are unstoppable. Travis and Caitlin are unstoppable. Uh so this is I think a really interesting segment for you. It's gonna be fun. You don't know what's going on here. I don't know what's going um, on. which is exciting. It's I'm, always I'm stressed. You're strapped in and ready. Along for the ride. I don't like you, you you having segments I have not previously approved. Well, so a little bit of a back uh, ground. Right. A little bit of background on this segment mm-hmm. is um, I grew up in deep country Queensland. Right. Yeah. and Shout out to Stanners. <laughs> shout out to Stanners. <laughs> uh, and I didn't – I had never been like – across a media release until I started working in the Opera House where we first met, um, where you were a publicist <laughs> who yes. writes media releases. Correct. Um, and I didn't know that that was how, like, brands and companies told people about new things that they were doing. I 
I just want to say, like, just to kind of like that clear up any kind simplifying of simplifying what. Well, yes, we'll get into that. But this is how the world works. Just to like clear up any kind of um, like trauma or kind of um, uh, sensitivity you have around not knowing what a press release was until you were in your twenties, yeah, or thirties, or however old you were, like. That's not a thing people know about. I know. Unless but they work in the very... industry. Like it has nothing to do with the fact that you grew up in the country. Yes. There would be people in the city who don't know that 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 it's a thing. But I would say that in my mind mm. I was like, oh, new, exciting, shiny thing to learn. Right. I'm from the country. Every city person must know about these things. Right. Okay. So you would just as an idiot. Yes. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, this new segment that I am bringing oh, okay. to the table. Pre- please release me, like, media, media release. release. Okay. Please release me. Shh, sure. Sure. Cool. Uh, I so am finding questions. exciting brand media releases that I think are pretty far out and wild. Right, And I'm okay. going to share them with you and get your so publicity take on them. this started as a mu- music podcast mm. and now we're transitioning into like advertising bro madmen yeah 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 okay. just a couple of <laughs> madmen crypto binance <laughs> binance <laughs> finance <laughs> Um, this is nothing. Okay, so <laughs> this uh, media release that I have for you today mm-hmm. comes from Domino's. The pizza chain. The pizza chain, okay. Domino's. Um, I think some of these will be food because I think, like, food media releases are always fun. Mm. Um, but, like, there's some really great brand integrations that happen across um, the business sector that I, I just want to share with you and the world. Sure. Mm. So get ready. Take, take me through it, Don. Domino's unveils new pizza pasta range. Fairly innocuous. You would think so. Wait, this- is it pe- pizza pasta? Pizza and pasta? Pizza, comma, pasta. We're going to get into it. Okay. The new menu range is created perfectly for delivery. Domino's has released a new menu range by combining pizza and pasta. No. In an unforgettable performance of flavour and texture. <laughs> Called the Pizza Pasta Range, Domino's took the toppings of their famous pizza flavors and put them over pasta, creating the new range. So, what the uh, food innovators over at Domino's have done <laughs> is crossed Italian with Italian to oh, create Italian. Italian. Yes. Uh, penne, rich, enriched Napoli sauce. Mm-hmm. Topped with Domino's pepperoni, smoky leg ham, seasoned ground beef, fiery jalapenos, tomato, and sliced red onion, with a spicy hit of chili flakes and finished with mozzarella and garlic butter, makes up the fire breather pasta. Whilst a spiral pasta loaded with carbonara style sauce, Domino's seasoned chicken, sliced red onion, crispy bacon rasher, stretchy mozzarella, and garlic butter makes up the barbecue chicken and bacon pasta. So I'm so hungry. I'm annotating this mm-hmm. uh, media release. Mm-hmm. What they're trying to say mm-hmm. is that what if pizza and pasta fucked? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to say that on a podcast. No, but <laughs> um, 
I don't I don't think that's what they're saying. Caitlin. But if that's what you're reading into it. What if pizza and pasta fucked? (laughs) (laughs) It's just this classic thing of like brands taking two things that were like perfectly good and fine and making them objectively worse by combining them. Yes, but also not making them any different. Like all of this sounds Mm. like this is just pasta. Yeah. Like. With sliced red onion. But that is already in pasta. Like, yeah, they're not. They're not doing anything that I can't get from the Italian pasta joint down the road. They're mansplaining pasta. Caitlin, some of the new pasta flavors are simply mac and cheese pasta. No, mac and cheese is a pasta of its own. Wait, the, wait for the innovation. Oven baked macaroni. Again. In a deliciously cheesy sauce. No. Topped with creamy mozzarella. No. Okay. Wait. Simply bacon mac and cheese. No. This is the same thing but with bacon. (laughs) Crispy rasher bacon, though, that you would normally put on pizzas. (laughs) Vegerama pasta. It's Obviously crossing their Vegerama pizza. pizza, traditional pizza range with yes. pasta. Pasta. Yeah. Meat Lovers Pasta. You heard me correct. They have the madmen over at Domino's uh, Science Kitchen have done it. They have Frankensteined. They've found out. The meat. They've worked out a way to get meat onto pasta. Okay. Do you want, do you want the quote? Because this is this was my favorite thing about like learning about media releases mm. was like seeing like the quote mm-hmm. from and like I got it from the arts perspective in mm-hmm. my original kind of introduction to these things, mm-hmm. but the like quote from the curator or mm. the artistic director, mm. um, which and like once you start to like look at that and then uh, like experience that and then you go and apply it to oh you think like this person from. Domino's is mm. a curator of mm. food. Mm. Mm. Do, you, do you want to hear the quote? Please. Are you ready? No. Are you prepared? And then I would like your take on this sure. as a publicist. As an expert. Yes. Yeah, okay. In the industry. In the industry. Industry Insights by Caitlin. A disruptor. Pasta has traditionally not travelled well. It dries out and loses heat very quickly. Domino's explored every pastability <laughs> to ensure we could deliver the hottest, freshest pasta experience right to your door, just like our pizzas. Domino's Australia and New Zealand, CMO, Alan Collins. Okay, I can almost completely guarantee you that Alan has never said the word pastability in he his did. life. No, no, no. <laughs> it's he, been attributed to Alan. Alan doesn't even know that he has been credited as saying this. Some underling has written this and slapped his name on it because that's how quotes in press releases work. Behind the kimono. I, in in the just come and like be with me in this space for a minute. Yeah. And like 
imagine. Where have I been previous to this? I don't know. But, like, <laughs> in the world of Domino's, pizza pasta fucking, Alan Collins. Uh, this is not a world I want to be part of. Pastability. Sure. Mm-hmm. Pastability. What is his gravestone going to read? Oh, my God. <laughs> the man who... <laughs> Who, who finally made it possible for you to eat pasta at home and not just in Italy. Pasta has traditionally not travelled well, though. I mean, no, my dude, I'm not, I'm not putting spaghetti in my jeans pocket. <laughs> like, I have not filled a suitcase with carbonara sauce and tried to bring it home from my holiday. That would be a bad idea. It's a wild statement. Like, that's a wild quote. I think people who work in PR have this, like, bad reputation for, for like... Hyperbole. Yeah, and for kind of selling their soul to just, like, sell anything, right? And I would say, in my experience, most people who work in PR are, like, pretty chill people, right, who genuinely, like, care about what they're doing or, like, what they're selling... Or just need a job to pay the bills. Most of the time. Or just need a job to pay the bills. And then every now and then something happens and you're like, oh, no. There are those people out there who, like, have – because this is my question about this press release, right? Like, (laughs) the person who who wrote this, the person who's responsible for this – Yeah, yeah, let's get inside the animal. Is one of two things, Mm. right? They are either – a diabolical genius who is completely self-aware and knows that what they have written is a is a crime against nature, right? That they have I would say used food the crime. word pastability, <laughs> a criminal crime against food. They know that what they've written is insane and they've had a good time doing this yeah yeah this completely is, straight face like no this is what we're doing this, this is, is performance art piece that they're working on or they genuinely think cmo Alan this Collins. is it <laughs> like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> they genuinely think they've done something i mean i want to go for the second one like i truly believe that They've made a splash here. We're talking about it. Well, I mean, yeah. Like some would argue that they it. have achieved what they set out to achieve. Immortality. In the in the blending of two food giants, pizza and pasta, probably the most well-known foods on, like, in the history of the world. I call... Alan Collins and be like, dude, have you heard of you can you know like tin foil? Alan, you can get tubs made of that, <laughs> and they're like solid and they hold heat pretty well. They have like a little paper thing that you put like as a lid. Traditionally, not travelled well. Mm. Alan, are you sure, bro? I feel like we solved food transportability in With- the '80s when we invented Tupperware, like. Tr- food transportability in urban settings sure. has not been a problem. I mean, I in my life, I have definitely packed some good old pasta 
into some Tupperware and like taking it on a 10 hour train trip. And like I still munched down on that shit when I got like to the fourth, sixth or eight hour. I would also say that like pasta is not a food that is inaccessible to people in a way where you need you have to rely on a delivery service to get it to you if you want pasta. Like pasta mm. is everyone can cook it. One of the cheapest foods you can make. It's cheap. They sell it everywhere. You can make it at home. So tinfoil hat. Mm. Domino's is solved a problem that didn't exist and they are just like selling that in marketing Mm. if we could get technical for a moment here and go back to like marketing 101 at university marketing in and of itself essentially the crux of good marketing is creating a problem and then immediately solving the problem Mm. so like the average person at home is like holy shit i've never thought about how hard it is to get pasta at home uh, do you want to see a picture of the meat lovers and the simple mac and cheese pizza pasta and then hang on just so imagine. wait so, yeah. the, so hang on yes so wait what i've just realized is you said mac and cheese yes right and so if the whole point of this is that they've taken their pizza toppings and made them into pasta mm, yeah and they've just invented mac and cheese so is there a mac and cheese pizza? No, there should be. Or is that be. what the cheese pizza is morphed into? That is the cheese pizza has right. morphed into mac and Here's cheese. Here's a question for mm. people out there. So mm. I, you know what I this was, really what, divisive this is, debate, right, yes. is does pineapple belong on pizza, right? Is pizza a sandwich? No one, that, <laughs> that, no, no, that is, okay, no. <laughs> We can pick this up later, but I can't believe you just said that. This is like kangaroos do not exist is all over again. Is pizza just an open face sandwich? No. Oh, my God. Um, I've now completely forgotten even what the point I was making. Oh, the pineapple. So some people, I, yep. I am a Hawaiian. That's my go-to pizza, Hawaiian pizza, right? I am not a Hawaiian. I eat Hawaiian Native pizza. Native Hawaiian. Caitlin <laughs> K. Smith. Really sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but... Uh, that's my go-to pizza mm. if I'm ordering from, like, a big box chain like this. Like, For sure. If I was going to my local gourmet wood-fired, I like a, a margarita. But uh, a Hawaiian. That seems racist. Thank you. But, <laughs> but uh, uh, Domino's, Pizza Hut, it's anti-Italian a Hawaiian. Anti-Italian discrimination. It's anti-Italian. I'm really sorry, everybody. I did Italian at school. It's fine. Um, so... <laughs> My question is, I want to know, all the listeners out there, send us an email, hello at unstoppablepod.com. If you vehemently believe that pineapple does not belong on pizza, Mm. does it belong on pasta? Does macaroni belong on pizza? No. Does pineapple belong on pasta? If they were to do a Hawaiian Mm. pasta hybrid, are they putting the pineapple? This did come out 11 days ago when it was published. Oh, oh this realize. is a new thing. This is a new. This had real 2013 vibes on it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say. Um, I do think that this would probably cause me to shit my pants. Yes. Yes. All of this is bad. Thank you for listening to our show. Caitlin and Travis are unstoppable. Is a weekly podcast, independently produced by Travis Freeze and. Caitlin K. Smith. You can follow us on all of the cool social media at our handle, Unstoppable Pod. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email hello at unstoppablepod.com or you can go to the mirror in your high school bathroom and say our full names three times and we will be summoned 
Actually, we're right behind you right now. Huge thanks to both of us for the use of our theme song, Travis and Caitlin are unstoppable. Other way around, Caitlin and Travis are unstoppable. And for Aves, for the instrumentation with their track, Funny Thing About Love. Leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening, unless you're listening on one of those shitty aftermarket apps from the app reject store that don't support reviews. Hit the bell or follow icon to make sure you get notified when we drop a new episode. And remember, kids... Don't Always be unstopping. Don't stop unstopping. Hold on to that unstopping. I've had a great idea. You have jokingly floated the idea that we get to cow, Travis and Caitlin are unstoppable. Tattoos. I think we do that and film it, and that's our announce video. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're recording our fourth episode now, and this is Tattoo is for Life, as is yeah. this podcast, apparently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not saying like get the logo. Unless. Or, but like we could get the Tramp word stamp right cow. above my butt. <laughs> Katow.